But I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew 16 and also Matthew 26. I got this beautiful card here from Lily. Lily's one of my prayer champions. And she sent word through her daddy, what kind of animal do I like? And I said, I like cats. And I didn't tell her that they taste like chicken. <laughs> Amen. No, I'm just kidding. That's a beautiful card. My wife loves cats. She'll be here tomorrow. She's got me liking them. Amen. Matthew 16 and also Matthew chapter 26. Now, I'll only be here tonight and tomorrow, but that's me being here is not important anyway. Him being here is what's important. And I just love you, Pastor. Oh, my. When I saw him about three weeks ago, I just, I just about melted. I just love the pastor here. He's a dear man. I'm going to tell you, it's getting hard to find real men of God. That's right. You better thank the Lord for it. You better thank the Lord for it. Matthew 16 and verse number 18. Jesus said, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Just keep your place there. And then look in Matthew 26. I want to catch about three verses here. 73 through 75. Matthew 26, 73 through 75. The Bible says, And after a while came unto him they that stood by, and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear. Now this is the same Peter back in chapter 16. It's not a different one, same one. So I don't see how a man get in that bad of shape that quick. You'd be surprised what bad shape you can get in very quickly. Amen. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Let us pray. Father, we're so thankful to be in church tonight. My, it's so good to be in a place where there's a free spirit and a happy spirit. I thank you for this great group of people that have been true friends to me and my wife. And I pray you'll ever bless them. And then, Lord, we got folks from other places here. We thank You for them too. And Lord, tonight, I believe if we'll all be honest and just take off the plastic, Lord, we all need some help tonight. And I pray You'd help us here a little bit in Jesus' name. Amen. Back in Matthew 16, 18, I want to read that again. Some of you could quote it. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There's two rocks in verse 18. 
you'll have to believe that or believe that the church is built on Peter. The church is not built on Peter. Amen. His name, Peter, is Petros, which means little rock or a little stone. This sounds like a prudential commercial, but a piece of the rock. That's what Peter was. And by the way, church, if you're a child of God, you're a piece of the rock. You're a little rock, not the capital of Arkansas. You're a little rock. You're a piece of the rock. But the church is not built on us little rocks. The church is not built on a piece of the rock. The church is built on the rock of ages. The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If the church was built upon any of us, the church would be in trouble. But tonight I want to testify that I know the rock of ages. And thank God He lifted me out, set my feet upon a rock. That rock is Christ. And I just feel like having a shouting spell. Amen. This man Peter... Though his name means little rock, little stone, a piece of the rock, pastor, he became a fallen rock. Some time ago I was going through Tennessee and I came around a bend. I was one of them roads, it's, you got a mountain right here. I mean, it's just like you got a mountain right here. And I came around this curve Brother H.C., and there was a yellow warning sign that said, Fallen Rocks. And I thought, wow. And it hit me hard because I know that meant one of two things. It meant, number one, that rocks had already fallen. And then it also meant there's a possibility that rocks could fall. Now tonight, we just need to take off the halo, the angel wings, and quit acting like we're more than we really are. Because I'm here to tell you, although we're little rocks, we could be fallen rocks. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a fallen rock. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed. That means close inspection. We need to give ourselves a close inspection. See, I've been around folks like y'all for 58 years. I'm about to figure y'all out. We're good at taking heed to our brother's need of inspection. But we're not too much on taking heed to our own need of inspection. I'm not going to do it tonight, but these three men of God on this front pew, I'm not going to do it. But if I took a picture of them, and then I spun the camera around and let them see the group picture, you know who Brother Jimmy would be looking for? Jimmy. That's right. He wanted to make sure his eyes was open, make sure his collar was straight. He wouldn't care if H.C. was asleep. He wouldn't care if H.C.'s tongue was sticking out. Because when we see ourselves in the physical, 
We really zero in. We want to look our best. We want to be our best. But how come it is if we were to take a spiritual photograph, then all we see is our brother and all we see is our sister. Brother, that's just not right. And tonight I come bringing a warning. And I want to preach tonight on fallen rocks. There are greater Christians than any Christian in this building that has fallen. So none of us are big shots. None of us should think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. We ought to humble ourselves before God. Brother Woods, I I couldn't get that sign off my mind. Fallen rocks. So when I got to where I could get to a computer... I researched what causes fallen rocks. And you'd be amazed, it's the very same thing that causes us Christians to fall. This is very simple, but you know, there's re- you know the reason for fallen rocks off of a mountainside? The number one reason, Brother Goosby, is gravitation. There's always a downward pull of gravity. Your pastor was on it tonight. These young people, my, my, there's such a downward pull on their lives. And not just the young, but the middle aged and the old. You see, you are somebody's rock. You might be a grandma rock, or a papa rock. Or a daddy or a mama rock. You, you may be the pastor rock. You may be a teacher rock. But somebody, you may be a singer. But I'm here to tell you, you're somebody's rock. And there's always a downward pull. Now when I was young, there was a lot to lead a teenage boy astray. But there's 10,000 times more to lead them astray now than there was back then. People have thought me and Juanita were fanatics because before we even had children, we threw out our TV. And that meant Gunsmoke, Andy Griffith, them bad old things like Gilligan's Island. That's about all we could pick up and, and we thought that was bad. But we've come a long way from that. And I'm telling you, that cell phone we got is 10,000 times worse than anything like that. You know, used to, a young man or a man or a lady could be tempted with pornography magazines. But you see, magazines are about irrelevant now. And all that is there, it's just so convenient to get to, and sometimes it'll come to you and you didn't even go to it. And I'm here to tell you, friends, we can get quiet if we want to. But there's a lot of downward pull in this society. There's a lot that music. I don't advise you to listen to rock and roll. I don't advise you to listen to country music. I don't, listen, I don't encourage you to listen to rap music or any God-dishonoring music. I say we need music that edifies, music that lifts us up, music that blesses our hearts, music that makes us want to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. 
movies. My, the movies of today. I don't know a lot about the movie world, but I do know this. The movies are being laced now. They're being entwined now with homosexuality. The movie may not be about homosexuality, but it'll be woven in the movie as a normal, accepted lifestyle. But I'm here to tell you, it's still wrong for two men to be in a kiss. I'm telling you, there's something wrong with a man wanting to kiss an old, beardy, greasy-looking man. Say amen right there. Hallelujah, amen. God made them Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Amen. It's male and female. And you know, we've got to make that clear. Whoever thought we'd have to make that clear? Because there's a generation coming on. A substitute school teacher told me the other day, that in the ages preteen, just into teens, most of the students go both ways in sexuality. It wasn't like that when I was there. I think we had maybe one or two. And man, we didn't, they didn't fool with us. We didn't fool with them. Amen. But see, now it's so accepted. And I know it's getting quiet in here. But we got a lot of people falling. There's a lot of falling going on because there's such a downward gravitational pull. It's pulling us down. You better get around people that lift you up. You better get around activity that lifts you up. You better get around music and, and movies that lift you up. You don't need this other stuff. Because rocks can fall. Not only gravitation, but I'm using big words tonight because I got them out of the encyclopedia. I didn't know how to spell them, I'm honest. Number two, you know why rocks fall? Because of granulation. Not only gravitation, but granulation. You say, what is that? It's when the earth beneath the rock is crumbling. And it's because of something you can't see, it's called a root. You see, that root will grow undetected. It has a way of dislodging the rock, causing that rock to come down. And let me say tonight, there's only one sin that I can find in the Bible that has a root. And it's called the root of bitterness. Hebrews 12, 15 says, Look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. I want to ask you something tonight, and I know the answer. Has some man in this world, has some woman in this world failed you? Has somebody let you down? Has somebody disappointed you? Has somebody broken your heart? Has someone walked away that you thought would always be there? You thought they'd always be serving God and always be praising God and always be lifting up the cross of Christ? The writer of Hebrews said, We better look diligently, lest any man fail 
of the grace of God, lest any hear. See, the man that fallen, he's got his own issue. He's got his own problems. He failed of the grace of God. And then it disappointed us to the point, listen what it says, lest any root of bitterness springing up comes from inside. Springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. When you're thinking about a fallen rock and then you think about many fallen rocks because of the one rock, you're thinking about an avalanche. And I'm afraid tonight in our churches. Now see, I, I, I travel these roads and I'm telling you I love God's people. I've given my life to God's people and trying to help God's people. But I'm going to tell you, one of our greatest problems in the churches is there's unseen roots of bitterness that's growing beneath the surface, that's dislodging the stone. And I'm going to tell you, friends, life's too short. And that fall is too detrimental for you to let bitterness rule in your life. I've been disappointed too. I pastored for 28 years. Does that not say disappointment? That says disappointment on steroids. Amen. But I'm here to tell you tonight, we can't let disappointments, we can't let wrongs that people have brought to us. You know, it's one thing for them to be wrong, but it's another thing for it to let us get wrong. Amen. And I don't want no bitterness in my life. I don't want no bitterness in my life. I laid there in that hospital for 84 days. Dark room. I'm telling you, not knowing if I was going to live or die. It sure is good to know when you can't get to people and you can't talk to people that you don't have no ought against anybody. I don't want no ought. I don't have no ought with nobody in this room. Amen. I don't have nothing. Listen, friend, I'm not going to let bitterness. By the grace of God, I'm not going to let unforgiveness and bitterness destroy my life by the help and grace of God. And you've got to always be on guard. You've got to always be on guard. Because people will get you upset and people will get you wrong and people will cause you to be bitter. God said it will spring up in you. It will spring up. It's hidden. You can't see it. The thing about bitterness, Brother Emmon, I could be as bitter as a lemon, bitter as a sour pickle, and come in here with a big smile, dressed up, carrying a Bible, and look like I'm doing really good. But all along inside, Something is springing up. I, some of you may have read this. I read this the other day. The number one regret that death time caregivers hear from the dying is this. That they regret that they did not forgive people. And friend, I don't want to get to the end of my journey and breathe in my last breath and wish I'd have forgave people. I'm going to forgive people now. You say, what if they don't ask? 
Hey, a lot of them's never going to ask. You got to get over that, and you got to go on for God. The devil will do everything he can to stop this church. And one of his greatest tools is discord and unforgiveness and bitterness that springs up in those that have done wrong. You know, the devil will even make you think things that are not even true. You might walk up, sister, and two ladies are talking, and when you walk up, they hush. And then you say, I knew they were talking about me. Did you ever think they may have got done with their conversation? You see, the devil will put things in your head that sometimes are not even real to cause you to be bitter against one another. Can I give you another one tonight? Not only gravitation, that downward pull. Not only granulation, those roots working beneath, dislodging the little rocks, and thus they fall. Here's another big word, glaciation. And that simply means frozen over with ice. Do you know what causes fallen rocks? I've seen it happen in our churches. People get froze over. Amen. Because iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. The coldness in our churches. It's sad. It's really sad. Amen. It's almost like we... We're having a polar bear revival instead of a a revival. Our churches are more like a freezer than they are a furnace. We need the fire. We need the power of God. We need the move of God. We need that unction and filling of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost when the church was empowered with the mighty presence of the Holy Ghost and the filling of the Holy Ghost, there appeared unto them cloven tongues, not as of ice, but as of fire. God works in fire. When that young man Moses crested that mountain and he saw that little bush, that bush was not bearing icicles. That bush was on fire. Amen. How we need the fire. But I'll tell you what happens when those rocks freeze over, Brother Gooseby. They freeze over, then they thaw out. Have a little revival, and they thaw out. But then a month or two later, sometimes it don't take that long. Brother Jimmy, they freeze over again. And then they thaw out again. That's what causes fallen rocks. Freezing and thawing. Freezing and thawing. Every time they freeze, water will find its way into cracks and crevices and thus it will expand when it freezes and when it thaws, it's a greater crack causing a greater problem. I wonder how it is with you. Is your life as a Christian, is it more like a freezer Or is it like a furnace? You know, when I was a boy, big news would be a fire truck going by. (laughs) Back in the country, if we heard the siren, man, you could hear it for a long ways 
because it was such quiet where we lived. And then finally here it would come around the bend, red lights flashing, man, that fire truck. And then you'd have, I don't know how many cars full of hillbillies like us that was following them fire trucks. That's just what you do. You follow fire trucks. Are y'all with me now? You follow fire trucks because they're going to the fire. But every once in a while through our part of the country, here'd come an old ice truck. No sirens, no lights flashing, and no hillbillies following behind. Nobody's interested in the ice truck. Folks are interested in the fire truck. Amen. I preached in some churches that I thought that the pastor's name should have been Jack Frost. And it should have been the first church of the deep freeze. Hallelujah. Many are called and few are frozen. Say amen. Lord, help us tonight. We need the fire. I don't want to get, listen, I'm, I'm for you getting fired up, okay? Please, please, I want you to get fired up in these two nights. I want you to come in here blazing when your pastor's preaching, when it really matters. But I want you to know something. I don't want you to freeze back over and then thaw back out and freeze back over and thaw back out. You know what that causes? It causes falling rocks. This last one, it's really important. Some don't think it's important. But do you know another reason rocks fall? is because of goat excavation. Did you know goats, especially mountain goats, they got a special hoof that can walk on mountaintops and rocky terrain. And do you know there's been a many a rocks fall because that goat's up there walking around? His pointed hooves dislodge a rock and there it goes. Who in the Bible is represented as goats? Lost people, wicked people, ungodly people. Now you can say what you want to, but you are and you will become the crowds you're running with. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, the Bible says, Be not deceived. Anytime, now I'm not a great student of the Bible, but I know this about the Bible. Anytime the Bible says, Be not deceived, that means there's a possibility that I could be deceived about what He's fixing to say. Do y'all agree with that? If that's not true, what did God say it for? He said, be not deceived. That means, Don Anderson, you better perk your ears up, boy. You better listen right here because there's a possibility that you could be deceived. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You could could teach a child to have the greatest manners. But you turn them loose with the heathen and the Bible says it'll corrupt their good manners. That's the Bible. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. And you show me a good church man who's always out here wanting to run with ungodly men 
Them ungodly men will mess up that good man. It don't work the other way. That's right. Nobody never falls up. They always fall down. No one ever falls and are a greater person and a greater Christian. You're falling down. I've seen ladies, maybe on the job or somewhere, you know, get a friend, a, a, not immoral, but just a, a, a friend that's another lady, and that lady not be a godly woman. And it affect the godly woman. You see, that has caused many, many to fall. If you don't believe me tonight, how many of you, to see, I'm, I'm not a teenager anymore. How many of you here tonight remember as a teenager evil influences and evil people trying to get you to do stuff? Can we get some honesty there? Why did you smoke that first cigarette that nearly choked you to death? Because some older kid... Huh? Come on. Why did you take a drink of that beer that made you throw up? Some older kid. Why did you look at that porn? Why did you, why did you go with that wrong girl or that wrong boy? Because of influence. Influence is a powerful, powerful tool that the devil uses to bring down the people of God. I know this kind of preaching is not what people like to hear, Brother Jimmy. But it's true. I spent those 84 days in the hospital. They said I nearly died three times. My cardiologist, when I went back for a follow-up, I hadn't been to him in two months. I go back next month. When he saw me, tears filled his eyes. And he said, it's Lazarus. He's back from the grave. That's what a cardiologist said. My heart surgeon, I had open heart surgery. I am cut from here to my, here to my stomach. They had to replace two valves because COVID destroyed two of my heart valves. And almost destroyed the third. They repaired the third. And uh, they say I got pig valves. I was going to tell Lily, I guess pigs are my favorite now. Juanita says, I oink every once in a while. I'm just kidding. But they cut me open. And my heart surgeon, who is the top surgeon at Forsyth Medical Hospital in Winston-Salem, when he came in, and he came in back and forth, but then I did a follow-up with him. You know what he said, Brother Reed? He said, he said, Preacher, you don't ever have to come see me again unless you need me. He said, you... Now listen to what he said. This is a, a top surgeon in that hospital. He said, you've got pull from on high. That's what he said. He said, how, do you, how come you live? It's hard to die when got people like y'all praying for But there was a time that I had over 30, possibly 40 pounds 
a fluid on my legs and feet. I couldn't even get my feet in the bed. They were so heavy. It was like boots full of water. I'm telling you, they bought me a size 14 bedroom shoe. I wore a 10 and a half or 11. They bought me a size 14 shoe and never wore it. Couldn't get it on. Couldn't get on a 14 shoe. My feet and legs were swollen up so bad. They're always coming to get blood. I called them vampires. <laughs> never had so much blood draw. I said, how much blood can y'all need? But they just kept coming. But there was something that didn't cause me no pain that I had to wear while I was in there. And it really bothered me. And I, keep, I got it with me tonight. It's a little yellow bracelet that says fall risk. My bed had alarms on it. If I moved, them alarms went off. If I need to go to the potty and had all them... IVs and tree. Somebody said, Did you, do you have a Christmas tree? I called that IV pole my Christmas tree. And me trying to get the bathroom, alarms going off. And wearing this bracelet. One time I just cut it off. And I'm telling you, they weren't in there no time. They said, where's your bracelet? I said, look, I mean, I know I could fall, but you're going to wear that bracelet. That bracelet was a constant reminder that when I get out of that bed and my feet hit the floor, that I'm a fall risk. I said, I can't wait to get out of here and throw that thing away. And if I die, they better not put in a casket with me. (laughs) I got so upset with that. But now I keep it close to me because it's a constant reminder that I could be a fallen rock. My little granddaughters, they're little bitty. They think Papa's something. Papa's a little rock in their life. Wouldn't it be awful for Papa to fall? So I'm going to just keep this little bracelet close by and ever be reminded that I'm a fall risk. My feet's not swollen tonight. I'm not apt to fall unless I just got overbalanced or got dizzy or something. But I sure enough was a fall risk back there. But in the spiritual, we're always a fall.